It's great to be with you. Uh, if you turn in your Bibles to uh, Acts chapter 20, uh, thank you, Mike, for allowing me the privilege of the pulpit. Some of you may not know that one of the reasons that Reformed Theological Seminary is in Charlotte is because of this congregation. Really, Christ Covenant Presbyterian Church in Matthews, North Carolina, Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Hill are the are the the means that God used through their pastors and elders to bring RTS to Charlotte. So I, I love to be here uh, every opportunity and especially to be able to get to see Mike uh, again. I, I published a volume of his uh, many years ago. I'm interested in the things that he's interested in and I'm so thankful that he's your pastor and that I get to be here on a day when you're installing elders and deacons. That's, I mean, I, I have personally benefited in my life from the ministry of elders and deacons. I still am inspired by the ministry of faithful elders and deacons. And so to be able to preach on a day like this is a, is a true joy. And I, I want to I want to tell you ahead of time what I'm going to try and do today. I think that you already know that truth and love are really important principles in the Christian life. And, and they get talked about all the time in the Old Testament and the New. But just think about how Paul, for instance, will say in 1 Corinthians 13 that love rejoices in the truth. And then he'll say in... Ephesians 4, that we need to learn how to speak the truth in love to one another. And he says to us in 1 Timothy chapter 1, 3 to 5, that the goal of his instruction, his teaching of the truth, is to lead to love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. So truth and love are really important principles in the Christian life. Uh, truth is to produce love. Love is to be in accord with truth. And it strikes me that God has actually given officers the, uh, to the church that are supposed to embody those things. Um, in Acts chapter 6, when deacons are first appointed ever in the history of the church, the apostles and elders say, why is it that we need deacons? We need to devote ourselves, they say, to prayer and the ministry of the word. Truth. And so we need deacons who will what? Serve. What does that embody? Love. Love works, love serves, love does. Love isn't just an emotion. It's, it's actually love is seeking the best interest of another person, even at your own cost. And it strikes me that God wants that embodied in the church in her officers. Now, that, that, by the way, that doesn't mean that Elders are only supposed to care about the truth, and deacons are only supposed to care about love. No, those, you can't separate those things. Elders serve. And, and by the way, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, it explicitly says, deacons have to keep hold of the deep truths of the faith. They care about truth. So those principles are held together in the officers, but they're also embodied in the officers. 
with, with, the, with the elders embodying that, pr- that principle of truth and the deacons embodying that principle of love. And we could go to 1 Timothy chapter 3, and I'm sure that those who are being ordained and installed today have spent some time in 1 Timothy chapter 3. It's a great, great passage. And interestingly, again, even there, it only gives one requirement for, for, for work for each class of officer. The elder says he, he has to be what? able to teach. The deacon has to do what? Serve well. So notice again that principle of truth and love, of word and deed, of doctrine and service is embodied in these officers. And I I want to go to two passages that have become for me uh, controlling passages in how I think about the officers of the church. One passage is explicitly spoken to elders about what they're supposed to do. One passage is spoken to all the apostles, and of course to us through those apostles, but I think it is especially embodied in the deacons of the church. So let's look at Acts chapter 20. I'm going to read it to you in two versions. Uh, Mike and I were talking about, he said, what, what version were you reading from this morning? I, I read from the New American Standard this morning, and I'm going to read it again uh, in, a, in a second, but I, I do want you to see this in the ESV, which is what I normally preach from. Uh, it reads like this, Acts chapter 20, verse 28, pay careful attention to yourselves. So this is Paul speaking the elders Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock, the whole church, in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. Now, here's how the New American Standard renders that. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock, among which or among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Uh, there, There are two words that are used as nouns for elders in the New Testament. This one, episkopoi, overseers, it's actually the word from which we get bishop. You can hear episcopal in the name. The other one, sorry elders, is presbyteroi, which means old men. So deacons actually have the better name, okay? Uh, and, and, but Paul's talking to elders in this passage, presbyteroi. El, that's, by the way, that's why we call ourselves a Presbyterian church, because we are what? We are led under Christ by our elders. Our pastors and our elders shepherd us. They give us spiritual leadership. So Paul's speaking, Acts 2, 17, to elders, but he tells the elders that they are to bishop. So Presbyterians say those are not two offices. The elder is the title. Bishop is a function. And, and, and bishoping means, well, what's the next word that the New American Standard uses? to shepherd the church of God. Bishops are shepherds. That's what they are. Elders are meant to shepherd. And that's, that's why this passage is so precious to me. Paul clearly indicates the job 
of elders. What is it? To shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. So that's the phrase I want you to have in your mind thinking about elders. What are elders for? What are they supposed to do? They're supposed to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Now, turn with me to John chapter 13. John chapter 13. This is Jesus in the upper room on the night that he was betrayed, the night before he was crucified, talking to his inner circle of disciples. Um, it's right before the Lord's Supper because he's, he's washing their feet in this passage. And after washing their feet, he says to them, John 13, 34, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And he says that having just washed their feet. And look at what he says back in verse 15. I gave you an example that you also should do as I did. So he's, he's giving them an example of service. And then he says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. And of course, he's, he's talking about the totality of his life and ministry for them, especially what he's going to do for them tomorrow, which is die for their sins. Die, that's how he's, go, he's going to serve them for dying. But he says, you love one another like that. I've served you like that. You love one another like that. Elders and deacons embody that for us in the church. Elders show us what it is to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood, caring about prayer and the ministry of the word, caring about the truth. Deacons embody that truth of loving as Christ has loved because all of us need to care about the truth and all of us need to live a life of love. And we don't just need somebody to tell us to do that. We need someone to show us to do that. And God has given us elders and deacons to do that. And I can testify as to how that being able to see that myself in my own life has blessed me. I, I, I said this morning that I can still remember Henry Benchoff and Walter, Walter White who were ruling elders at our church teaching the sixth grade boys Sunday school class. And these were, these were successful businessmen. They had families of their own. Uh, one of them was a, was a, a, a four sport letterman from Clemson, uh, and, um, and yet they, they, they spent years teaching these little punk sixth grade boys in Sunday school class. And I remember sitting there as a punk sixth grade boy in Sunday school class thinking, it is amazing that these men would spend time on us like this. They really they didn't have to tell me that they thought that the Bible was important. They were in Sunday school teaching me the Bible. They were showing me that the Bible was important by what they did. And, and so being able to watch elders like that all my life 
has been huge for me. And by the way, young people who are here today, the, your parents and, and all of the members of this congregation, the fact that they are here on Sunday morning, you know what they're saying to you? They are saying God is a really big deal. Because they could be in a lot of other places, but they're here now because they believe that God is more important than everything. And I learned that from my elders because of the way that they paid attention to the truth, to the Word of God, to prayer. They, they made it clear to me, nothing's more important than what we do for the flock. Nothing's more important than shepherding the flock. They didn't just tell me to care about the Word. They showed me. They, they embodied that in their own lives. And they were an example for me to care about the Word. I, I have no doubt that my desire to be someone who gets to teach the Word is because I got to see people who taught the Word to me that changed my life by it. And I, I wanted in some small way to be able to, to give to others what had been given to me. I remember the ministry of so many people to me, elders and pastors, the ministry of the Word, that I wanted to be able to give back, uh, that back to others. But all of us in the church need to care about the truth. I, I, was in a, I was in a classroom just two weeks ago in New York City. And there was a young woman with an extraordinary testimony in that classroom. And there was another young woman with an extraordinary testimony in that classroom. And in a, in a moment of vulnerability, one young woman said, I was living with my boyfriend. And then he, she pointed to a young lady across the classroom and she said, and you confronted me about it. And you said, you're a Christian, you shouldn't be doing that. And she said, I didn't want to hear it but I knew that what she was telling me was true. And, and she testified right in front of the class of the impact of that other young woman on her life. And what, what was that young woman do? She was telling her the truth of the Word. See, all of us need to have the Word dwelling in us richly like that. But the elders are supposed to help us get there. That's what they're doing. They're, they're embodying the truth they're giving an example of how the truth works in our lives, and they're encouraging us to use the truth in our lives. So also deacons. Deacons embody that sacrificial, self-giving service of love that Jesus talks about in John 13, 34. I, we, we had in our congregation a lady that many of us thought was a bag lady, uh, she, she, she worked in a laundromat in a bad part of town, and she lived in a really shabby apartment behind that laundromat. And in the latter years of, his, of her life, the deacons had to go pick her up because she didn't have a car and bring her to the church for the last several years of her life. And if you, if you looked at how she dressed, you would have thought that this was a lady that came in off of the street. And the deacons and the minister of pastoral care ministered to her for many years. She was beaten up by robbers one night who were trying to steal the coins out of the, the laundromat. And the deacons were there because she had no family. And the deacons were there to minister to her. They, they took her food. They got her medical care. Um, they watched after the laundry while she wasn't there. <clears throat> when she died, we found out that she did not work at the laundry. She owned the laundry. And she left her estate of $2 million 
to the deacons at the church to care for the elderly and those who were in need. Now, the deacons had been caring for her for years, not knowing anything about her. And look at when she passed away, she wanted to pass on that same kind of service. So, so to this day, at First Presbyterian Church in Jackson, the Brook Burwell Fund helps us take care of people in the congregation and outside of it in time of need. The deacons had embodied service to her when there was nobody else, humanly speaking, to care for her. And then she had embodied service to the whole congregation that is going on today. That's exactly how it's supposed to work, folks. The, the elders and the deacons embody those principles of truth and love. And they serve as an example to us. And then they encourage us to be a congregation that cares about the truth and who serves one another in love. And I love about both of these passages, Jesus himself is the example and the driving force behind these passages. The elders are supposed to shepherd the church of God because Jesus himself has shed his own blood for the church. I, in, in the early service exhortation to the new officers, Bill Cranford said, you need to serve like you work for Jesus because you do. Every officer needs to remember that. We need to serve like we work for Jesus because we do. We're to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. So Jesus' atonement and Jesus' example in his self-giving death is the example for how the elder is to serve. Same thing for Jesus washing the disciples' feet and dying in our place. Love one another as I have loved you. So Jesus is the example for both the deacon and for the elder. In fact, the deacon's name very much comes from Jesus' own mission. The, the, the word deacon is the most common word in the New Testament used to refer to ministers of the gospel. It just means servant. But Jesus was the supreme servant, wasn't he? Uh, he said explicitly, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And deacons get to embody that service. They get to show us what that service looks like. And it's not so that we will praise them. It's so that we will love Christ more and so that we will serve one another. We need one another. It, you can't live the Christian life alone. And elders and deacons are meant to embody those principles of truth and love so that we all live the Christian life better. So let's pray for these officers. And let's, let's pray that they would be able to embody the qualifications and the calling of these offices in a way that exalts Christ and blesses this congregation and the community around you with the gospel. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, thank you that you have given gifts to your church. And among those gifts are officers, pastor, teacher, shepherd, elders, and deacons to embody the principles of truth and love in the church. We thank you, Lord, that Christ has given himself 
in our place that as we rest and trust on him alone for salvation as he is offered in the gospel, we are saved and we are being transformed. And we thank you that you have given us officers who have been saved and transformed to embody an example for us the way we're to love the truth and serve in love in the Christian life, in the church. Bless all the officers of this church. Bless the new officers of the church. Encourage the pastors of the church through the officers of the church. And inspire all of us to love, to mutual servitude, and to the word and prayer, the truth of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.